This is the Influence Leadership Podcast, Episode 29. Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Influence Leadership Podcast with Chris Fuller, where our heart is to develop leaders like you and help you increase your individual influence and your leadership skill set. I'm Brett Duncan, and I am here today with Chris Fuller. Hello, Chris. Hi, Brett. How goes it? It is. It's going great. Yeah? Yeah, man, it's a good day. It is a good day. It's a good week. It's a good, good month. Good life. Well, we're about to get crazy. You ready to get crazy? <laughs> Uh-oh. When it's crazy, that usually means something I have done or said is about to be used against me. So, <laughs> 151 times. Yeah. No, so we have been talking uh, we, a lot about uh, what maturity looks like, and, and we've talked about that. Go back and look at the or listen to the other episodes. But we wanted to take a little break here, one, have some fun, Yeah. but two, also point out something we've been talking about actually on every episode, Yes. and that is a new free downloadable tool that you have on your website, right? You know, there's so many times where I, when I'm speaking that I get asked, hey, um, do you have some place, all your little quippy one-liners, it's amazing, everything I teach, everything I talk about that's revolutionary, and the question I get over and over and over is, what about your quippy one-liners? Because they inevitably remember the one-liners. So I thought what I'd do is I thought I would do a free giveaway. And if you'll stay in touch with me, then uh, you can download this free giveaway of my top little fullerisms. Yeah. And, uh, and anyway, so I thought it'd be fun. Yeah, so that is awesome. We're going to go through 10 of them today. <laughs> okay. Okay. We're going to talk through it, all right? Now, here's, here's the rules of the game, okay? Because <laughs> seriously, we've all we have done... Uh, all that we've talked about so far to prepare for this episode is yep. exactly what you've heard up to this point, right? <laughs> we, we, there's no preparation right. whatsoever. So this is going to be awesome. So yeah. I have in front of me, I downloaded the, the 151 I saw that. Thanks for signing up. Yes, my Brett. pleasure. <laughs> my pleasure, yes. Um, yes. Um, so I have it in front of me. I have not marked any. Okay. I'm going to scan through it right now for the first time myself. Okay. Okay, for this. You don't know what I'm going to ask. I have no idea what's coming at me. So I'm going to bring up a fullerism. Okay. And you're going to vamp on it for a minute or two. Okay. All right. Tell us what you meant by that. Okay. All right. Some of these might be softballs. <laughs> and some of these might be, as I read them, I'm like, I have no idea what he's talking about. Uh, so this is a great chance to find out. That's okay? awesome. All right. So you ready? Ready or not. All right. Here we go. First one I'm looking at here. As a leader, be contagious, not infectious. Yeah. So there are so many leaders. So one of the key pieces that I talk about is leaders that have the right attitude, that model the right attitude. And, you know, one of the things that we say is what the leaders model, the people embody. So if you don't like what your people are doing, how your people are doing it, or the attitude, um, we have to look in the mirror as a leader. So I want to be contagious. And, and the infectious is more of a, you know, of a negative term to the same piece. Right. You're going to influence your people, but are you going to influence them for the negative or influence them for the positive? And that comes into model a great attitude, model the right um, discipline, model the right accountability, anything you want your people to do. Um, I'm working with an organization right now that essentially the, one of the leaders is not doing what that leader needs to do. But my question is, 
can I have an understanding of how that person who's not doing what they need to do, how is that person being led by their upline? Mm. Turns out the behaviors that this person needs, the upline is not demonstrating those behaviors. Mm. So they don't have the concept, they can't be contagious to transfer it. Yeah. And so as a result, we're, we, we need to go back in. Leaders need to model what they want their people to embody. Yeah, it's amazing just as a form of communication to others, what gets communicated and what happens as a result of it when your actions actually match your words, right? People don't do what they hear, they do what they see. Yeah, yeah. All right, that's a good one. So here's our next one. Yeah. Okay. You're, you, you're doing great so far. <laughs> one so, for one. Yeah, one for one. There we Thanks go. for throwing me a softball up front. Of course, yes. Consider the strengths of the team as a component of strategy. Okay, all right, so getting a little tougher. Um, So what happens if you have a team that isn't sprinters? Yeah. Or a team that, you know, different athletes have different muscle twitch. And and so, you know, essentially, if you have slow twitch, fast twitch muscles, that really sort of determines what sport you should be playing or whether you should be a sprinter or a long distance runner, right? So we need to look at the team and the strengths and and the weaknesses of the team. We need to look at that particular piece as a component of strategy because we may, if we want, um, if we run the way this team needs to run, Mm -hmm. then we're not gonna be worried as much about our competition because we're gonna know where we're gonna get you, yeah. right? So we're not the team that starts off the fastest. We're not, you know, straight out of the gate doing 98. So that's not us. So we need to understand that, yep, we're gonna be one of the slower starts, but we're gonna hit our stride in the third quarter and go. really go on. So you need to understand, do I have a team that sprints? Do I have a team that's long distance runners? And let me build in my strategy based on the team I have, not the team I want. Yeah. And I think, I think we've even talked about this before, but you look at football teams especially, right, who build a, a, a playbook yes. right, around their players Yes. versus here's the playbook, and if you're going to play for me, you're going to go by this playbook. You right. Know? And sometimes that might work, sometimes it might not, but definitely playing around the strengths of Cowboys this year. Yes. You know, as we're recording this, <laughs> we're going into the playoffs. By the time this airs, we will know if we they are know Super Bowl champions or, or not. not. Yes. Yeah. But regardless, they had a great season because, and they they had to deal with adversity. But they built around these rookie, a rookie quarterback, rookie running back, all of that. One stuff. of the one of the things that I I believe was one of the most successful components is they stripped it down to what was attainable with the talent they had. They didn't try to overcomplicate the playbook mm-hmm. based upon what they wanted to do or right. what Romo could have done. Right. But they, they, they essentially drilled it down to essentials. And I think that, that knowing the players, knowing the situational analysis, you've got to be able to play in that zone. I think that's exactly what they did. Yeah. Great time. Well, a little side note, a little insider here. Yeah. But they also, I, I had the chance to hear Jason Witten speak in the summer. Okay. Before any of this was known, right? Going into the season. Yeah. And he shared how Coach Garrett came to the team uh, and said, I want you guys to come up with our vision statement for the team. And they'd never done that before. Yes. And it was player driven. And I think it's fascinating that they went through that exercise. And I would love now to hear him speak after the season and see 
okay, this is how we went into it with that vision. Right. And how did that influence what happened this year? You know, it's a rally cry, right? Yeah. And that rally cry comes into this point of we've got to own it. So we've talked about maturity and yeah. ownership. And part of that is we set the culture. We set. And so if your team is a victim of your methodology, um, that's one thing. But when your team owns it and sets its own intonation, then it sets its own pace and velocity. Then, then again, that's a whole nother level. And I think it's a great example. All right, here's, here's another one. Number three, okay? okay? Don't let your learning lead to knowledge. Let your learning lead to action. Oh, man, that's one of my favorites. Yeah? Um, so many people, they will achieve a course or they will go through that and... And, and they'll, they'll, they're just looking for degrees on a wall. They're just looking for information. And so even the classes that we do, right, we'll go through this entire workshop, this entire organization. They'll take the learning, they'll put it back in the kit, they'll put the kit on the bookshelf, and they'll never open it again. Leadership and learning needs an outcome, and the outcome is action. And so if you're learning doesn't lead to action, then you may be a big head, but that doesn't matter. Mm -hmm. We don't need smart people. We need smart people acting on the knowledge they have. Yeah. So that's a key piece is, you know, uh, what are you doing with the knowledge that you have? Um, and isn't it a waste to be highly educated, but not highly applicated? Nice. So we've talked through three fullerisms. Yeah. All right. So you're doing great. <laughs> We're moving on. Here's one. For the sake of the many, you must discipline the few. Yeah, I don't see this as much in organizations as I wish I would. Yeah. So one or two people are those problem children. As a matter of fact, I just want to have a little bit of a therapeutic press on the pain point right now. So if you're listening to this, think about your office. Think about your, your uh, span of influence here. And are there one or two people that even right now, don't close your eyes because you're probably driving. But if you closed your eyes and thought about that person, immediately you start stressing out and tensing up. All right. So what is the leader or leadership not doing to the one or two flies in the ointment, if you will, the one or two problem children that is wrecking the quality of life and the performance of the entirety of the rest of the team? Mm -hmm. So a leader needs to step in and look at those one or two, uh, not necessarily bad apples, but but just, you know, one or two players that um, is is out of sync with the rest of the team yeah and we've got to be able to discipline the one or the two for the sake of the many uh you know if you've got somebody that just has a horrid attitude and somebody that just makes work life uh terrible we've got to discipline the one why because we've got six eight ten twenty i have one executive team that they employ eighty-five thousand people worldwide so if they don't deal with the 15 executives at the top it may ripple to 85,000 employees and ultimately affect, if they've got children, family at home, it may affect 400,000 people. So for the sake of the 400,000 that ultimately are touched by organ, our organization, for the sake of the 85,000 employees, I need to deal with those particular ones that are stressing the system out or creating problems. Yeah, that's, that's outstanding. That's good. All right, here's number five. Number five. Number five. I got a little caught up there. <laughs> Hire for values, train for skills. Um, yeah, if you value proactive, disciplined people, mm -hmm. you might want to look 
at that on the front end. Um, you know, how are some of the some of the stalwart companies that we see that are really getting this right? Um, you know, um, you never have to wonder what Chick-fil-A values. You never have to wonder what some of these other organizations that are, you know, like a Zappos or you, you look at these organizations and their value proposition is very clear. So if you hire the most skilled person that you can and then you try to indoctrinate them with your value system, you're going to be in trouble. So what we need to do is we need to be crystal clear, dial in on our value centricity. Then we hire the best people we can that model and honor our same values. So if one of your values is customer service, wouldn't you want to get people on your team that deeply value serving others? Mm -hmm. And so th that, that's the, essentially the, the essence of that is hire for values. Look at the heart first because we can always enhance skill. We can almost always enhance skill, but it, it takes, uh, you know, a, a, it would take a, a genetic yeah. uh, re-engineering to make sure that people can, can alter their value system. Most people are gonna hold to their existing values. Find the people with your existing values. Yeah, well that's good. All right, let's keep going. We're, we're doing great here. <laughs> Number six, if we're not getting better, our customers are getting bitter. Yeah. What does that mean? Um, how many times have I gone into a particular eating establishment? I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna make it stealth, but um, they make wings, okay, and they make the type of wings of which a city in New York is named. Okay, um, it's a wild place. So. It's, yeah. <laughs> Um, but I, I like my wings uh, really crispy. So I, I, I can walk in, I say, look, can you, can you uh, essentially fry these wings for 20 minutes? They say, well, our, our well-done wings are done at 15 minutes. And I constantly have to try to get them to honor my request. And it's an act of Congress. And, and every time I go in there, they, it's never done right. So essentially, I have said, if I, if I frequent this particular restaurant anymore, I'm abusing myself. Mm. So when we, as, as, as those that provide customer service, if we're not constantly improving our service, then essentially, if we're not constantly surveying our customer, we don't know if they're happy or not. And then we're just deepening the embitterment. And one of the key pieces to this, so I'm not sure if we're gonna get to 10 of them, um, but <laughs> we'll, okay. we'll hang out here, yeah. is, um, if we promise something, we've created an expectation, and where promise and expectation meets experience, you're yeah. gonna either have fulfillment or frustration. Yeah. You're gonna either have encouragement or embitterment. And so we need to make sure that what we are promising our customer base, we're delivering to our customer base. And how do we know that what we're promising is even what they want? Right? So we've got to survey the client, stay close to the customer so we know their needs, know their wants, and know how they like what they like. Yeah. And so then we, we start to make that fulfillment, constantly surveying, constant interaction, and that to me ultimately will yield to a satisfied customer base instead of an embittered customer base. Mm, that's good. And I think the example helps because we've all been there, right? But. But you put the ownership back to ownership, right? The ownership was eventually on you, the customer. It is. Right? I am doing myself a disservice. Right. 
doing coming here. Yeah, yeah. and and it, it really, it, I mean, it, that whole piece has kind of been interesting because I've had to find out that it's one thing to tell the wait staff that I even called management and told the management how I wanted these wings done. Um, only to have the expediter in the kitchen give those wings away because aren't all well-done wings the same. Huh. And so you have to know, I've even put a bounty in the kitchen. I will give the kitchen staff a $20 bill if they get it right. And they still, I've never paid the 20 because they haven't in the six times I've gone, they haven't gotten it right. Wow. Man, that would have been entertaining, I think, to kind of be a part of. All right, here's one talking about uh, softballs. And this might take you the whole the rest of the episode. I don't know, but I think that in our very first episode we talked about number this. seven. Okay, leaders build culture. Culture delivers results. Oh man, yeah. Um, if everything in your business was the result of how you treat the people and the systems that you have in place. What would that look like? If, if there's no way to duck the responsibility, so I, I went, I approached a leader, and as a, I don't do a tremendous amount of coaching, but I do some executive level coaching. I hit a leader this December with the toughest question that I ever ask a leader, and I ask him this: If the entire reason your division failed was completely on you, write me a critical leadership analysis of your leadership methodology that created the failure of your channel. Hmm. That is where culture meets um, experience. Yeah. So where, where the rubber meets the road. You know, um, as we build that culture, where, what, if you come into a system, um, you will easily bend yourself into that system when that system is known. That's why I recommend a robust onboarding process. Here's what we do, why we do, and how we do. And in the midst of that, if, if your first three weeks of work, if you start to do something that is not necessarily the exact way the organization wants it done, and somebody in a caring way says, you know, I appreciate your effort. However, here's how we do this. Yeah. Over time, that muscle memory gets built in and you're able to then embody and operationalize the methodology that that organization uh, values and how they want it done and how they want the customer to experience. All that intentionality, beliefs, behaviors, actions, language becomes the what is acceptable and that acceptability ultimately becomes what we are. Even a child is known by his actions, right? So even somebody that's doing something, you look at their actions and that determines how you view them. Well, this is what culture is. And the culture that we uh, output is the culture that we are. And you say, well, wait a minute. No, no, we have, we have some output that is not our genetic makeup. Well, I would say at some level, the deviation is a genetic component of it. Why did it happen? How did we let it happen? What do we put into place to, again, reaffirm the culture, line up the systemic? Mm, that's good. All right, let's do one more. One more. One more, okay, so we'll All get right. to eight. Eight. We'll get to eight, which is great. Eight is great. Eight is great. Yeah, yeah. All right, let's see. Ooh, a lot of pressure here. <laughs> uh, let's go here. What you permit, you promote. Yeah, what you permit, you promote. There may be another one on there that says what you allow, you endorse. Mm -hmm. So what you permit, you promote. What you allow, you endorse. 
Um, this goes back to culture again. Very similar. It goes back to also, for the sake of the many, you have to discipline the one. So, um, so you're on a roll thematically here, yeah, Brett. Good. good. Um, so, um, if I allow it to happen, others are going to see that and believe that that's acceptable. Therefore, they're going to continue that behavior. So, what you allow, you endorse. What you permit, you promote. And so, if I allow two um, employees to, to sort of spat with each other or to disparage each other, um, then ultimately I'm creating dysfunction, um, ill communication, hurt feelings within that. So I'm allowing that discourse, I'm promoting discourse. If I allow people to not meet their commitments or I fail to hold them accountable, then essentially I am permitting everybody to miss their deadline. I am promoting a lack of attentiveness to your commitments. And so I've got to dial it in. What do I say? Let me mean what I say. Let me put you know, some rails around it, some accountability around it, so that I am operationalizing what I want and I am permitting what I want that promotes the ultimate health of the organization, bakes in, if you will, the behaviors into the culture. And you did good. <laughs> you did good. And that is, you know, looking back on everything you covered there, that is quite the uh, microcosm, right, of, uh, hey, here's what we're all about. So uh, that was great. Uh, you have been listening to... Uh, the the new name, the Spin the Fullerism Wheel uh, with Chris Fuller. Uh, these are Fullerisms we've been talking through, and Chris has kind of broken those down. But again, I want to encourage you, seriously, go to InfluenceLeadership.com. Uh, there's right away you'll be asked if you want to download the free download, 151 Fullerisms. We just went through eight of them, so there's many more to go. Many more to go. Many more. Uh, but that's great, and I think it'd be... It'd be very, very difficult to escape this episode without hearing a couple nuggets that really hit you where you're at right now. So I encourage you, one, to chew on that. We talked about doing something with your knowledge. Absolutely. Right? So do something with whatever whatever uh, distinctions popped up today, whatever nuggets uh, that you have. I encourage you to do something with it. I think the key piece with that, Brent, is, yeah. is when you see a nugget that really hits home with your department, tell the team. Show the team, hey, I was, I was looking for these little fullerisms, and man, look at this one. Yeah. This one hit me square between the eyes, and I wonder if we could tighten up. Man, this, this was sort of a, not only an indictment of us, but also it gives me hope that we can alter what's going on in our organization by embracing the positive side while addressing the negative side of this. Yeah, no, that's great. So, and on that note, too, uh, would love for you to share the podcast. We thank you for being on here with us. I want you to rate the podcast. That would be great. Um, but if you know a few people that uh, could really benefit from an episode or two, go ahead and, and, and send that link right to them. We would greatly appreciate that. Share the fullerisms with them as well. Get, get everyone on there. Um, and so, and again, go to influenceleadership.com. We thank you for being with us today. We thank you for enjoying this first ever uh, <laughs> round of Spin the Fullerism. Yeah, thank Fuller you so win. much, guys. Yeah, so thank you, and make sure you're on the next episode of the Influence Leadership Podcast. Mm -hmm.